welcome to another episode of the Comedy Mom Podcast. I am Katie Ipok, your Comedy Mom, and today I am recording from a very empty, very quiet um, craft kitchen and brewery um, because I am here by myself trying to get things done, and that includes this week's episode. So before I continue, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Comedy Mom Podcast. Um, in general, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know how to find me. Um, you can also email us at comedymompodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to talk to you. I know you guys are listening. Um, so if there is something in particular you would like advice about, or maybe you just want to come on the podcast and we can just talk about comedy, um, that would be great. <laughs> so today I want to talk about different kinds of bookers. Now this episode is going to get controversial and petty um, it might even ruffle some feathers, but fuck it, right? So before I get into this, I just want to clarify one more time in case you don't know. I produce in a town called Bend, Oregon, which I used to say nobody knows about Bend and Bend isn't that big of a deal, but people are kind of finding out about Bend. <laughs> so, excuse me, I'm here in Bend, Oregon, um, and I am what you call an alt booker. I work in the alt scene, so I'm not... Um, I'm not booking a big comedy club. I'm not booking a big theater yet. Although, actually, I kind of am. Because <laughs> we just worked with the biggest theater in town on a project. So, I guess I am kind of booking the big theater in Bend, but not really. Um, and so, what I'm going to talk about might just be small town politics and small town scene. I don't... I basically don't want to tell you that this advice and this these observations are going to apply to bigger cities because I don't know. I, excuse me, I have not worked outside of Bend. I have not booked outside of Bend. So um, there's that disclaimer. So these are the different kinds of bookers. And I'm really, it's not so much about the individual bookers, about the mentality that people are using when they're booking their shows. Um, and just in case you need a clarification, because obviously this podcast is kind of geared to people in their comedy in their first year. When I talk about booking and bookers and being booked, I'm talking about the people who decide who get on comedy shows. And even kind of specifically the people in charge of putting people in paid spots on comedy shows. Um, so I'm going to talk about individual bookers, but these are really just mentalities. And then I want to talk about how to get booked by these people. I'm not judging you because, I mean, every single one of these mentalities I'm going to sound petty and I'm going to sound like I'm talking down about them. And I am. And I'm going to even tell you which one of these mentalities I'm guilty of as a booker. But I'm also going to tell you what to do to get booked by this person, right? Or how to get booked by this mentality. Because they are a decision maker and maybe they run a room that you really want to do or they book a show you really want to be into or that kind of a thing. And then before I get into this, how do you... How do you tell what kind of booker someone is or what kind of booking mentality they have? You literally just watch who they put in their shows. Watch how they interact with people. Um, you'll even kind of know if you go up and talk to them about being booked. Like, you just, all this makes sense. So, the first booker I want to talk about is the bro bookers. Because this one really makes me mad. I get so mad at this. And I think it's because women... And, you know, minority comics get left out of this bro booker circle a lot. 
So bro bookers are basically booking their friends. And when I say booking their friends, partially what I mean is they're booking the people that they want to do drugs with after the show. They're booking the people that they want to hang out with in the green room after the show. What they're not booking is who they think is going to be best for that room or even who they think is a better comic. They're making booking decisions based on who they want to hang out with. So you want to get booked by a bro booker? Here's really easy. You have to hang out with a bro booker. And I'm not going to tell you you need to do drugs with a bro booker to get booked by a bro booker. You should never have to do anything illegal and you should never have to do anything you're uncomfortable with in order to get booked by somebody. If you have to do either of those things in order to get booked, you don't want to work with that booker, right? Um, just like I'm not going to tell you that you should have to give someone sexual favors for a spot. That's not a thing. Um, but if you want to get on a bro booker's radar, you just hang out with them. The best way to, and the best way to do that is to just network. Um, you will sometimes find these bro bookers at open mics, specifically if it's one that they run or one that a lot of their friends go to, right? Um, so you just network with them. If they invite you to, you know, go hang out after a show, then I would go, right? If you want to get booked by that person, that's what you should do. The next one is the ego booker. So an ego booker will only book people who don't threat us, threaten their status of being the funniest one in the show. Um, I also fucking hate these guys too. So ego book bookers are literally judging every comic they see against themselves. And in general, from what I've noticed, they tend to assume that they're the best comics in the room anyway. And there just seems to be this habit when I see an ego booker when a, when a comedian gets to a certain level of, and I mean, this is an art form. I talk about this all the right, all the time. There's no right or wrong way to do stand-up comedy. But when a person, when an open micer gets to a certain level, an ego booker will start finding reasons not to book them or reasons not to use them and will get petty and bitchy and mean. And this is pretty much because the ego booker is threatened by you. So, <laughs> how do you get booked by an ego booker? Um, this one's tough, because I can't tell you to just not get good. And I can't tell you, because, again, I'm not going to encourage you to not do your best. You should do your best at an open mic. Within reason, listen to last week's episode about how open mics are always supposed to suck. You know, but I'm not going to say, you know, in sports terms, throw the game so they'll book you. And even if you did that, you're, I would never tell you not to do your best in front of a paid audience, right? So the best thing you can do, and I'm starting to realize how shady this whole episode is, but whatever. I'm basically teaching you how to manipulate bookers and whatever. We deserve it at times. <laughs> um, what I would say is just appeal to their ego. Um, make sure... And this is going to sound very familiar to the advice I'm about to give for the next kind of booker. But just kiss their ass a little. Tell them how great their sets were and how much you admire them. And take their advice and listen to their advice. That's basically how you get through an ego booker. That's how you get past my ego booker. Again, it's not an ego booker does not care about how good you are. 
ego bookers are literally just trying to make sure it's the show is basically all about them and how good they look. You know, at the end of the night, ego bookers want to be the only one with the adulation. And so they will book it to ensure they will even, they will set up the whole format to ensure that they're the only ones that get the adulation. Next one are power bookers. These bookers are booking shows to feel important, right? They are booking shows so they can say that they're a booker. They're booking shows so they can say that they're a leader. Power bookers tend to be, and again, this shit's going to get me in trouble. Power bookers tend to be mediocre at best comics who didn't get a lot of praise from the leadership in town. And so they started producing shows so they could feel important. Um, so how do you get through a power booker? You literally get booked by a power booker by making them feel important. And I will say one thing about power bookers is they do tend to pay attention to the actual quality of the show. Um, because their ego is tied to the show. But, you know, like some of these other bookers are kind of their, their egos are tied to their individual performance. A power booker, their ego is really attached to the show as a whole. So they are kind of paying attention to the level of which they're booking and like you have to be at a certain level as a performer in order to get on their show so as much as i'm talking shit about power bookers they're actually a little bit more equitable they're also a little bit easier to reach because power bookers want you to reach out to them power bookers want to be able to say give me your tape send me your whatever because they want to have that interaction with you they want to have that power exchange um and some power bookers it kind of goes, I've seen it go two ways. Either power bookers will be really shitty about not wanting to book people because they want the power of like saying no. And some power bookers will say yes because they want the power of saying yes. They want you to see them in that room. They want you to see them in that show. So the best way to get booked by a power booker, um, obviously make sure you're showing respect to a power booker. Um, but then also just do a good job, send your tape and be professional. Like power bookers are not that hard to get passed by if you're good. A training booker. Now I actually call myself a training booker, but I call myself a training booker for a different reason than this. And of course, as I was writing this, I still relate to this. So a training booker will book someone because they're trying a training booker and usually they're the ones that are running open mics they're the ones that are running the smaller shows you don't see these training bookers running a lot of big rooms because of the nature of the shows we end up putting out that being said my shows are amazing but <laughs> i know i'm hurting my own feelings here <laughs> but training bookers will book somebody because they're trying right? Not because they're going to do well or because they have faith in your ability. They just want to reward your effort. They're just there. They're almost like ego bookers, only instead of booking for their own ego, they're booking for yours. Just because, oh my God, you've been trying for such a long time. Your effort deserves to be rewarded. And, you know, if I give you stage time before you're ready, you'll grow into it. Um, 
if there's any sort of toxic booking style, maybe that's what I should have called this episode was toxic booking style. I'm guilty of being a training booker of putting people in situations before they're ready because I want to reward their time and effort. Um, so how do you get on the radar of a training booker? Open mics, right? Um, do everything you can to be seen by them over and over and over again because they are going to reward effort. They're not rewarding talent. They're rewarding effort. So just make sure that they see you putting an effort over and over and over again. <sighs> All right. Influence bookers. So influence bookers. Now, I, there's a lot of bookers that have more than one of these kind of toxic booking style. Influence bookers are booking, see booking slots as favors to give and trade back and forth. So influence bookers will book other influential people. They will book other bookers. Whether So as a booker, if I was an influence booker, I would be seeking out other bookers in the area, inviting them in my show. And pretty much the whole point of being an influence booker is those people, in theory, will then book you for their shows. Now... There's a certain amount of influence booking that as a producer, as a booker, you maybe should be doing. A little bit. I'm not going to say a lot. Um, and I'm guilty of a little bit of influence booking. Um, I'm also a training booker. So like the bar to get into one, my, one of my shows is not that high. So although I, okay, I will break my rules for an influencer. Again, I'm kind of, hurting my own feelings here. Um, but how do you get on an influence booker's radar? I hate to tell you, unless you have reached a certain amount of influence, you're not going to get on that booker's radar. Um, if you were not yourself a booker, so you don't have time or a stage to trade with them, the best thing you can do is to prop up your um, social capital. So that way, at least, so maybe, you know, you won't be able to provide them with a spot for them to perform in, right? But if you can prove that you can butts and get butts in seats and that you'll help the show that way, you'll probably, that's probably the best you're going to get out of an influence booker. And I mean, this mentality is usually coupled with another one of these booking mentalities. Um, yeah. And then petty bookers. These people are literally just looking to piss people off. And usually the petty bookers I've seen are looking to piss off one specific person. So they will organize comedy shows literally just for maximum pettiness. Now, this is small scene bullshit. You probably get this in bigger scenes, but this is small scene mentality bullshit. Okay. So petty bookers will, they are the ones that are going to make you pick sides. Petty bookers are, the one, are also the ones that are going to look at you and say, I can't work with you because you work for so-and-so. And I know I've talked about this in this podcast. That is some bullshit as well. So a petty booker thinks there are teams. And so they will book people just on their team. And usually they're picking people for their team, not based on who is good and not based on what's going to make the show better. Better. They're putting people on their quote-unquote team in order to piss off the other person. 
because they think that they're making those comics pick sides. Um, so how do you get on a petty booker's radar? You pick sides. Simple as that. Uh, you should never have to do this. There should never be sides in comedy. I don't care how small your scene is. I don't, I don't care if you are a town of 50 people, right? <laughs> no one should ever have to pick sides. Laughter is not a finite resource. There's no reason why a stand-up comic should ever have to deal with shit like that, ever. I have no tolerance for that. That being said, there are people with that toxic booking mentality, and they might run an awesome room you want to do. So you play that game. Now, is that game a risk? Yes. Because usually, because I mean, this kind of pettiness goes two ways, right? Like, usually, if only one person is participating in this mentality, but all the other bookers in town are not feeding into it, then it doesn't really go anywhere. It takes at least two bookers to kind of get into this ego match with each other to create this petty booker mentality. Because, for example, you can't piss me off by booking comics I work with, right? Because I don't think comedians should be picking sides. And if you are one of these bookers and you are listening to this, A, you're probably listening because you're looking to either be pissed at what I'm saying or you're hoping that I'm going to reinforce your own mentality about something, which if either of those are the case, you'd be a petty booker. But um, every time a stand-up comic gets on a stage, they are better because of it. So if there are comedians that I work with consistently and they get a chance to go work on someone else's stage, that means they're going to go get better and not on my dime. So they are going to come back the next time they come to perform. They're going to be better, right? And there's zero harm in that whatsoever. Like, so there's no reason for that. But again, if you want to get on a petty burger's radar, it's really easy. Petty. <laughs> participate in the pettiness. Now, petty bookers are also usually bro bookers. They're usually the kind of the same thing. Um, only bro bookers don't always have the petty mentality, but petty bookers always have the bro mentality, if that makes sense. Um, so there's that drama I wanted to throw out today. <laughs> See if I can get your guys' attention now. Just kidding. But that's, unfortunately, that's part of the truth in what we do, right? And this is why I talk about earlier in the podcast about, you know, your goals as a stand-up comic and how you should write and make those goals based on what you have control over. Because you don't control how a booker books, right? You don't control what toxic booking mentality that booker is using, you can't control if somebody's a bro booker or a power booker or a petty booker. You can't control that. That being said, it doesn't hurt to know how to play some of these games. Because just like politics, just like office politics, comedy has their politics too. And if you really need to get through one of these people, especially because, again, I'm talking to people in small scenes where you might only have one or two bookers. You might not have a choice but to play the bro game or play the ego game or play the petty game. Do everything you can not to, <laughs> but there you go. That is my advice on how to get 
through those bookers. Um, again, I said in the beginning, feel free to email me, comedymompodcast at gmail.com. Comment on Instagram. And I would love to hear from you if you disagree with me. Because I dropped a lot of stuff here. So if you disagree with me, or maybe I hurt your feelings, kind of like I hurt my own feelings, um, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you're listening to the Comedy Mom Podcast. As always, take care of yourself, drink water, take vitamins, and absolutely do not be a dick on stage. Thank you.